0: The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management.
1: Welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio with your host, Ann Gelsheimer. We are entering higher levels of consciousness with both old and new spiritual technologies to help us be the people we've always dreamed of being. We can make the choice to evolve in consciousness and become the change the world needs today. Now, here is Ann Gelsheimer.
2: Hello, this is Ann Gelsheimer and welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio. Before we get started with our interview for today, this is just a quick reminder that I'll be leading a retreat in Arizona from May 3rd to 9th this year to focus on shifting into higher consciousness and developing our ability to connect in consciousness with spiritually advanced beings from higher dimensions. This will be a fun but profound week as we move deeper each day into our natural abilities to shift our frequency and learn to work as a heart-centered group to make contact with beings who live beyond our normal 3D world. If you are interested in joining our retreat, just send me an email at ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com and I'll be happy to answer any questions. Now, let's move directly to our fascinating interview for today. Through various synchronicities, I'm currently enjoying the privilege of interviewing a series of remarkable people who have detailed knowledge about the afterlife. This series of interviews on life after death began with Danian Brinkley, who recently shared his three near-death experiences with us and the wisdom he gained from those transformative experiences. This series of interviews continued with the wonderful Roberta Grimes, a practicing lawyer who shared her decades of research into the abundant evidence for the continuation of life after death. And now today, I'm privileged to interview the former naval commander and now evidentiary medium and spiritual teacher, Suzanne Geisman. Suzanne was a commanding officer in the U.S. Navy, known for her competence and integrity. She served as a special assistant to the head of the Navy, and held the distinguished position of aide to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff before her retirement from the military after 20 years of service. After a personal tragedy, Suzanne began to look into the possibility of the continuity of life after death, and eventually trained as an evidentiary medium. Suzanne has been found to be highly accurate in her readings, as assessed by the exemplary researcher Dr. Gary Schwartz. She's the author of 11 books, including the highly praised Wolf's Message, that documents her experiences with a young man named Wolf, who was able to powerfully communicate through Suzanne to share his insights about life and the afterlife after his passing into spirit. I am so pleased to welcome you, Suzanne, to Conscious Evolution Radio. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you, Anne. It's a privilege.
2: So I know people will <laughs> really wonder how you made that transition from your military career, which was so distinguished, and into the new service that you're offering to humanity as an evidentiary medium and spiritual teacher. Would you tell us about that?
3: Sure, it is a big switch and certainly nothing I ever expected to be doing. This is the big point I like to make sure people understand, that my entire life I had no idea that there even was a spirit world or a greater reality, let alone that I could personally communicate with those who inhabit that reality. I had no idea that I had any psychic ability, had never seen spirits, but it was the death of my stepdaughter, who was 27 years old and pregnant, when she was struck by lightning that propelled mm. me down this this unexpected path, and there was no turning back, because once you open that door and you have the personal experience with that greater reality, uh, it changes everything.
2: Of course. And so when you, when you began looking into the continuity of life, I know I, I watched your, your documentary, Messages of Hope, which I highly recommend to people on Vimeo to, to take a look at. You talk about the signs that you began to receive and how that propelled you along. Could you talk a little bit about that?
3: Sure. I know that all of the signs I received, uh, were Susan, my stepdaughter, trying to get my attention, things that there was no way of explaining. And I had read enough about metaphysics uh, to know that if there truly was a greater reality and I wanted to have a personal experience of it, I needed to start meditating regularly. So with that military discipline that had become instilled in me, I began meditating daily right after she was killed. And it was because of that that... I opened up to the personal experiences, uh, such as my intuition awakening and hearing things that I had no explanation for. And it has just continued to grow with the daily meditation.
2: And I know you've trained with some uh, wonderful teachers, including, was it the Arthur Finley Institute in, um, in England?
3: Yes, uh, Arthur Finley College of Psychic Sciences. You mentioned uh, twice you, that I'm an evidentiary medium. Uh, some people don't know what that is. We could call yes. it an evidence-based medium. That is that I'm trained to ask those who come through from the other side to share with me evidence about themselves when they were in human form, things and facts about their life here that I could not possibly know so that the people sitting with me who knew them when they were here can validate That and know that I'm not just making that up and I'm not just giving them lovely messages that feel good, but have no basis in fact. So, uh, for somebody with my background, that just fits perfectly because I'm, I have a kind of prove it mentality. Uh, that's what propelled me on the start. Now I just have such an unshakable knowingness that there is a greater reality that I don't even need the evidence anymore.
2: Well, that makes sense, and I understand in your integrity, you would want to make sure that you're passing authentic messages along. And I understand that Dr. Gary Schwartz was uh, involved in helping validate your, your very excellent gifts.
3: Uh, yes, and Gary was a gift to me from one of his mentors who uh, named Susie Smith, who passed in her 90s, and I was sitting reading one of Gary's books and all of a sudden became aware of the presence of Susie Smith in my living room. (laughs) It was quite amusing. And she she passed along all kinds of evidence about her, said, write this down and send it to Gary. And I did, and he had never heard of me. And uh, he wrote back and said, if you're who you say you are, and if this is really Susie, ask her these three questions. And he really put me to the test. That was just the start of it. Ultimately, I went to his laboratory at the University of Arizona, where we did some investigations into the afterlife. And now Gary sends me... Um, special cases all the time.
2: I'm aware of his uh, research into various mediums, and and it really is um, very impressive. He approaches it very scientifically. And you you describe that in in, uh, Wolf's message in the appendix. Could you tell us a little bit about how that uh, is assessed?
3: Well, it's wonderful because you tape record the session with a client, and then Break out every bit of evidence into a separate line, and then the client is asked to score each line of evidence as to whether it's a strong hit, uh, strongly accurate, uh, all the way down to a complete miss or something that you can't score because you have no knowledge of it, and then... Uh, Dr. Schwartz has the client choose somebody totally unrelated to the spirit that we believe we're talking to and score all of the items as if it was that unrelated person. This uh, gets rid of the chance aspect of it because anybody could make up facts about somebody and be up to 20% correct. That's why you bring in a control subject, somebody that the reading wasn't really about. But if you know you're really communicating with that spirit, you're looking for a much higher score. And I've gotten scores uh, in the 90s uh, that that just takes away the doubt.
2: Yeah, no, that's very, very impressive. And I, I love the fact that they choose a control person who's about the same age, same gender, yeah. and just to see if that those messages are sort of universally appropriate for that age group. Exactly. A lot of things that come through
3: from the other side are a bit generic. But sometimes even the most, common silly thing can be very meaningful to a family and can be like the family's big joke. So I've learned to say every single thing that I hear or sense or see during a session with a client.
2: I wonder if maybe you could share with us uh, an early uh, reading that you did for someone that really blew you away and helped you realize that this was really actually happening.
3: There have been so many now. um, Sure. (laughs) I, I, I used to keep rigid track of all of my readings. That was the left brain side of me until my guides on the other side said, when will enough be enough that you believe it's really us? So I stopped keeping track of the readings. It's somewhere around a thousand, which makes me a kind of a teenage medium compared to those who are born doing this. (laughs) But um, one of the readings that just blew me away uh, was when I brought through a woman's son who had taken his own life. And any of these stories that I'm sharing with you, I have permission from the family to share the details. But he he showed me right away that he took his own life, and he showed me that he jumped off a bridge. And even though we were sitting in California, I told his mother, he's showing me this is New York, and I hear Brooklyn. Was this the Brooklyn Bridge? She's, she said, no, do you want me to tell you which bridge? I said, no, he's telling me it's the Verrazano Bridge. And she said, that's ac- absolutely accurate. And uh, This is the part I I just love to share with people because skeptics would say, well, you're just reading your client's mind. But what this young man did in this session took away all doubt that that was happening. Because one of the bits of evidence I like to receive in a reading is what kind of work did you do when you were here? And I realized that this young man had not yet shared that with me. So mentally, I said to him, what work did you do? His mother sitting across from me had no idea that I asked that. And he swept out his hand in my mind's eye. He pointed out the window from my study and he said, exactly what your husband is doing right now. I looked out the window where the client could not see because she had her back to the window and my husband was at the back of our RV stripping wires. Wow. And I said to the client, your son was an electrician. And she said,
2: yes, he was. How do you know that? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Isn't that great? That is impressive. That is yeah. very good. It, it is.
3: It, this is what I want people to know, Anne. This is live, real-time, intelligent communication with sentient beings, just like we are. They haven't changed just because they died. They are doing their best to let us know they're still here, and they often do so in very clever ways.
2: I wonder if you could maybe... Uh Talk to us about what they go through, if they share that with you, what they go through through the death process and on the other side. I've, I'm always interested in hearing more about that. But this is, this is good timing that you ask that. Because I've always insisted on
3: evidence, I've gotten bits and pieces of the answer to that question over the, the uh, five to six years that I've been communicating with them now. But I've always tossed it off. I can't prove that. How do I trust that? Until I had a bit of a breakthrough this past summer and realized that I really could trust everything I was hearing. And then all of a sudden, I got what I call a download from my guides. One solid hour of nonstop writing as they described what life is like on the other side. And if people go to my website, which is dot uh, com, and click on a, a page of special sessions with my guides, We call them Sanaya, S-A-N-A-Y-A, Special Assistance with Sanaya. I've put the whole transcript there of what life is like after death. I shared it with the expert near-death experience researcher, Dr. Ken Ring, and he was stunned, he said. He'd had 30 years or more of research into near-death, and the energy of that transmission, the explanation uh, pretty much blew him away.
2: Uh, now, I haven't answered your question, have I? <laughs> no, but this is great because people know where to go to read in detail. But, but do in tell summary, us. I can
3: summarize it very quickly for you. You reap in the afterlife what you have earned for yourself here, which is perfect. Uh, you know, you reap what you sow, cause and effect. So if, if you have not really had a life full of love, you're going to experience the love when you get to the other side, but you'll be surrounded by people who were of a like character. So those who are truly angelic on earth are going to be more of an angelic experience. If you were very earthy, you may experience a reality much like your dreams, where you have houses, where you have clothes, where you're still eating even though you don't need food. And little by little, as your consciousness evolves, even after you've passed, because that's the purpose of life, whether here or in the hereafter, the evolution of the soul. Little by little, you realize, well, I don't need these clothes anymore, and I don't need this food. It's not all about these things. It's about love and the experience of that. And you rise higher and higher in consciousness, and the whole experience changes.
2: That makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Um, As as you're more comfortable over there, you can let go of those things that aren't necessary. So when first, a person first gets over there, um, what if they told you about what happens initially, just when they're first off the boat, so to speak? You know, this is something that I'm, you would
3: really be best asking somebody like in, uh, those who've had near-death experiences, because I really am focused on them showing their loved ones uh, that they're still with them here. And the big thing is sharing the things they didn't get to say before they passed. So I believe that when they get to the other side, I truly believe that the life review that many people have heard about from those who've had near-death experiences is very real, that we're suddenly shown how we could have done better when we were here, because in a reading, the last thing that I will say right off the bat is, oh, this is your mother and she loves you very much, because... I've learned from readings that there are a lot of mothers who were unable to love or show love or be nurturing. So I wait to see what mother has to say. And many times I'll see a parent or a spouse come in with their head hanging down. And that's my symbol for, oh boy, we have an apology coming. Uh And it's the ones who most have something to say who come in first. And they explain why they're apologizing and why they didn't get it while they were here. And this to me me, is the whole reason for doing a reading, for serving as a mouthpiece for those who didn't get a chance to say things while they were here to allow that healing to take place, both for those in spirit and those still here.
2: That's incredibly an incredible service for the person coming to you. We're just going to take a break right now, but we're going to be back very shortly, and we're going to talk a little bit more about what it means to walk in two worlds at once. Yeah. This is Anne Gelsheimer on Conscious Evolution Radio, and we will be right back.
3: The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network.
4: Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics.
2: Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy, and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America talk radio network host? How about what's new with our network?
4: Now, you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, Blackberry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, Blackberry App World, or Android Market.
3: The Voice America Seventh Wave Channel Be extraordinary. Be the change.
1: Tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to Conscious Evolution Radio at gmail.com. Again, that's Conscious Evolution Radio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program.
2: Hi, this is Ann Gelsheimer, and welcome back to Conscious Evolution Radio. My guest is Suzanne Giesman, and we are talking about her work as an evidentiary medium and spiritual teacher. And where we left off, I was just about to ask her, What does it mean to walk in two worlds at once?
3: That's a great question, and all of us walk in both the physical world and the so called spirit world, the non physical world, at once, because all of us are spirits here and now. We all are souls we don't have a soul of spirit we are souls. And to walk in both worlds at once is to be aware of that, to be able to shift your consciousness and have experiences of yourself being in that non-physical world now. Where that term comes up most frequently in my work is in my latest book, Wolf's Message, about a young man named Wolf who was very much aware of the other reality. In fact, a bit too much so, so that it caused some havoc in his life. He was diagnosed with schizophrenia, but there are ways to touch on the greater reality without having it cause havoc in your life. But Wolf left behind this profound drawing and poem that showed that he knew exactly how he was going to die. As a matter of fact, he was struck and killed by lightning, just like my stepdaughter. And uh, he knew what would happen after his death. He drew it in his drawing. It's a stunning book, especially when you read the messages that he came back to share with all of us. But if I could share with you an experience that I had recently that showed me uh, even more that all of us are souls now, Uh, it happened when I got an email from a woman whose friend was in a coma in the hospital. She'd been in a coma for three weeks. And she asked me if I could find out what her friend's wishes were. I didn't want to go anywhere near that because, you know, what if I'm wrong? (laughs) Right. But then I realized that. What convinces me that there is a greater reality and that we are souls is the evidence. So I took it on as an experiment. What if I could get evidence from the soul of this woman in a coma? I didn't know where she was. I didn't know who she was. didn't even have her name. But I sat in my study where I give readings. I expanded my consciousness in a meditative state, and I invited her soul to communicate with me and give me evidence. And I filled the page. She told me her coma came from a clot, not trauma. She said that her hair was in braids. She talked about red hair near her in the hospital room. She showed me a pair of toe socks. Remember those? Yes, I do. (laughs) Um, All kinds of evidence. She told me that she had a higher education. It went on and on, and I typed this up and sent it to the woman who had emailed me. And about 80% of what she shared with me, the woman was able to validate. Other things, she wasn't because she wasn't a relative, or maybe I was wrong. I don't know. But the coma was caused by a clot. The woman was well-educated. She had a PhD. She had just recently given a pair of toe socks <laughs> to her best friend. Uh, her, She was an African-American woman, but... She had never braided her hair, but just that week, one of the nurses in the hospital braided her hair, and the red hair near her in the hospital, her mother had taped a favorite picture of the woman in a coma over her hospital bed, and in it, she's wearing a red wig. It it stunned me. I shared this with Dr. Gary Schwartz, and he said, Suzanne, you're not the first medium to talk to somebody in a coma, but you're the first one to get evidence. And it's amazing. that's what I like to tell people. If you doubt you're communicating or hearing from your loved one on the other side, ask them to tell you something you couldn't know about somebody else in the family. I do this with my stepdaughter, Susan,
2: and she gives me evidence
3: when she comes to visit. It's it's fabulous,
2: <laughs> and, and and how comforting to—I mean, it, it's enough to be able to speak to those on the other side, but also when people are in that limbo state of in a coma, and the relatives are so worried, oh, and yeah. to to be able to be a bridge for communication for that—that's amazing. And and there's a wonderful ending
3: to that story. Her her message to me when I when I knew I was talking to her was tell them to pull the plug. If it's my time, I'll go. If it's not, I'll stay, which is, it gave me kind of one of those, well, yeah, moments, you know, of course, because the right. soul knows when it's its time. And about six days later, I had kind of thought, forgotten about her, gone on with my life, and all of a sudden, in meditation, I felt her. You know, once mm-hmm. you meet somebody, you know their energy. I Absolutely. recognized her. I said, oh, here she is. And she said to me so clearly, Tell them I'm fine. It's beautiful here. Don't be sad for me. And I typed oh. that up, emailed it to the woman, and found out that she had died six hours earlier.
2: Oh, what a, what a kindness Isn't to be able awesome? to give that to them. And
3: those on the other side know how to get through to us. She knew that I was a mouthpiece for her, and she wanted to let everybody know I'm okay That's the message for everybody who's lost anyone. Your loved ones are so near you. And when you think of them, it's like a doorbell rings for your loved ones. They're not hanging around you all the time. They truly are experiencing a continuation of their life. But all they have to do is think of you or you think of them and you're together. Because consciousness is an energy that's everywhere. And anybody who's ever been connected by love will always be connected.
2: Now, you've talked about the web of life and just how connected the physical world and the spiritual world are. So, this is, you know, I know this is what we're going on, but is there anything more you'd want to say about that? Oh.
3: Well, I think the, the thing is that people think we get to the spirit world and we suddenly become angelic. <laughs> <laughs> not, <And it's>, eh? <laughs> it's not that way at all. Um, you continue growing and learning. So... Many people refer to this as the school of life, and it's true. Our goal is to graduate with honors, and the way we do that is just by becoming more loving. And that is also the key to opening up to sensing that greater reality, because the higher your consciousness is, the higher your energy that you radiate, that's just an indication of how much you are able to love unconditionally, the closer you are in vibration to those who are on the other side. So if you want to truly experience that connection, be part of that web that you're in now but may have been blinded to, it's easy. Just practice being what you already are, which is love.
2: And I know you have this beautiful online program. I I, I was looking at it today, and I'm going to spend more time looking at it uh, in the next few days but maybe you could talk a little bit about that because that program actually helps people to shift into that higher consciousness.
3: Yes, thank you. It's called Let Your Spirit Soar. It's a six-DVD set, that's it's either on DVD or online. And I recently completed that after giving it in an all-day workshop format to uh, thousands of people around the U.S. and Canada. And people uniformly love it because it touches people no matter where they are on their spiritual path. Using the word soar, uh, broken down into an acronym, and I don't know if you know, Anne, but we military people love acronyms. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I, I use SOAR as an acronym to give people a way to to bring up whatever tool they need at any instant to deal with a human situation and bring them back to their spiritual path, a way of Being the oneness in everybody and opening your heart and attuning to higher consciousness and reclaiming your power as a spirit being. its uh, People have told me it's a way of connecting the dots along the spiritual path. Even if you've heard all this stuff before, it's just full of tools that we can apply at any time in our life to just remind us of what's important, who we are, and why we're here.
2: I would agree. I, I was looking at the various topics uh, that are included and it would help anybody progress. No matter where you're at, you could take a few more steps, including myself. <laughs> I will
3: enjoy looking at it. <laughs> Thank you. I, I use the tools all the time. We're all uh, growing and if you're not changing, then you're stagnating and not fulfilling your purpose here. So uh, it's all about looking at yourself and whenever you feel anything in you that's less than loving, that's a lesson to be
2: learned. So I wonder also if you would talk a bit about your guides, because mm. I know that they're very important with you on, on a daily basis. You're in constant Yes, indeed.
3: I gave you their name earlier. It's a plural. I say they because they came to me in meditation and said, you will call us Sanaya, S-A-N-A-Y-A. And every morning now they give me a beautiful message that thousands read every day, and people write to me every day and say they were speaking directly to me because mm. they're universal messages Things we all know but need to hear and need to be reminded of and need to refocus, but it's more than just uh, nice feel good messages. These these guides know what's going on with us. I uh, I bring them through in sessions a lot, and uh, they pinpoint exactly what. The client's issue is and how they need to resolve that. I had a woman sitting with me and she asked a question about her daughter. She said, my daughter's having issues with bronchitis. And Sanaya said, your daughter has diabetes, which has nothing to do with bronchitis, of course. Oh, wow. and, and then explained where her poor diet and poor eating choices came from and how to relook that and overcome those poor choices and the mother ca- called her daughter the next day and the daughter said, Hey mom, I have some news for you. I went to the doctor for bronchitis and he did some blood work and you're not going to believe this, but I have diabetes. Wow. There and, it is. and you see for this Navy officer to talk about guides, it used to I'm make sure my that was crawl. A, a stretch. <laughs> <I used to laughs> like, there are, guides, are you kidding me? Uh, but they have, just blown me away repeatedly every morning. The beauty of their words that could not come from little Suzanne here just convinces me that we are not alone. We all have personal guides who don't want us stumbling through lives thinking we have to do everything ourselves. And the best answers, I think it was Einstein who said, no problem can ever be solved at the level at which it originated. And where are all of our problems? Right here in this physical world. And if everybody realized that we have this source of guidance within us by just shifting our consciousness to that other world of which we're a part now, that's where the great answers come from. Very comforting.
2: I love that. When I was younger, I used to complain, you know, why didn't we come with a manual? Like, you know, there should be some kind of guidance to make, you know, with the choices and that. But you're right. As we we hook up, as we connect to that guidance, it's always there with allowing us a choice, too, of course, because we have to learn. uh, They can't give us everything, but but they give us a lot of support.
3: And and I really want to stress how important it is to sit in the silence to with dedication and the intention of getting to know our higher self. And meditation is the key to that. And people may roll their eyes. I don't have time for that. Do you have five minutes? Do you have ten minutes mm-hmm. to take care of yourself, your, your greatest priority of why you're here? So I have a couple of free downloads of some beautiful meditations uh, right on the homepage of my website at uh, love at the center.com that uh, are really powerful. One of them, we call it the 10 minute transformation. You know, sometimes you just get out of bed all crabby and out of sorts and you say, What happened to me? Well, you could have had a bad dream in the middle of the night that just blocked the flow of energy through you. And in just a few minutes with this simple meditation, just recharge, clear out the gunk, and, and be back to your your more vibrant self.
2: I did see those meditations, and yes, it's so generous of you to give them away for free, uh, because so many people will benefit. I was going to ask you about your own meditation practice, because there's so many different types of Mm -hmm. meditation. Is there something specific that you find you use on on a daily basis?
3: Yes, my meditations are actually more active than most people. Everybody who comes to me wanting to learn about meditation, and I mean everybody, says, oh, I can't quiet my mind. Well, that's a separate type of meditation. Uh, people should look up centering meditation online. There's a real technique to stilling the mind, and it's excellent. But mine is more active. I, I sit and directly connect with my guides through intention, and I thank them for all the gifts and the blessings. And then I ask them to step into my consciousness so that I'm aware of them, and then I say, guide me, lead me. What do I need to know? And then I sit and I wait. And what do I sense? And that's when the messages from Sanaya come. And, mm. and then I just give thanks. And then, then I just sit in that energy and play with consciousness. So you can see that's a very active state. But at the same time, what is meditation? It's shutting out the outer world to get to know your inner world. So there are many Absolutely. ways of doing that. That's covered in that Let Your Spirit Soar course we talked about.
2: I uh, taught meditation for for many years uh mainly from the Buddhist traditions but it from my from what I was trained in it, it's the focusing of your attention. Yeah. So what you're saying makes sense. It's where do you want to focus your attention? And some things really are very uplifting and some things are not so. So making that conscious choice every day where you're going to focus and and receive is is so important. Indeed. So I'm always curious when someone like yourself has had a major life transition, you know, from naval commander to the work you're doing now, how has this changed your overall experience of life? Mm. Uh,
3: I wake up every day and with such joy and just thinking, what is going to happen today? And so Beautiful. full of gratitude for life, for my guides, for the miracles, for being able to help other people. Uh, I feel much more centered, more even-keeled. I don't have the wide mood swings that I used to have. And and just today I'm having those experiences over and over where I feel so full of love I don't know what to do with it. The human <laughs> body can't contain kind of love. So it just overflows, and I think that's a good thing. And and I'm blessed, blessed, blessed with a wonderful, supportive husband who was a Navy destroyer captain, more by the book than I was, who knows me well. He knows I can't lie and can't make up things, and so he's been with me every step of this journey saying, wow, whatever you need to do to develop that more to help people, you do it. And he plans our trips around the country when we Speak and share these messages, and has never complained and never said, "Are you sure you want to do this? That's a little out there."
2: <laughs> so it's, it's I, I love that. I, I saw him in the uh, documentary "Messages of Hope," and I was so impressed with that level of support and love for you. I mean, you would hope for that, but it doesn't always happen. No. Yeah. yeah, right. Well, we're going to take uh, a short break again, and when we come back, we're going to be talking uh, more about, uh, perhaps about Wolf's Message and uh, your summer tour and a whole bunch of other things, whatever uh, comes up. So this is Ann Gelsheimer on Conscious Evolution Radio, and we will be right back.
3: This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America network.
4: Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? Press pass. If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics. Spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at vapresspass.com. That's vapresspass.com. VA PressPass by Voice America. All access all the time.
1: surprise you become
4: our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america
3: be visionary be extraordinary be the change this is the seventh wave channel on the voice america network
1: Tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to Conscious Evolution Radio at gmail.com. Again, that's Conscious Evolution Radio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program.
2: Hello, this is Anne Gelsheimer, and you're listening to Conscious Evolution Radio. And my wonderful guest today is Suzanne Giesman, who, as uh, if you haven't been listening already, is a former naval commander and is now serving the general population of the world with her work as an evidentiary medium and spiritual teacher. And so I'd love to go right back in and talk a bit more about this evidence that you've received uh, from those who've departed and what that means for us.
3: Okay, and well, the evidence again are, are those bits of information that those on the other side can get through to me, whether things that I see or hear or sense that I couldn't possibly know, but that their loved ones still here can validate to say, yeah, that's them. But sometimes things come through that the client can't identify, but I see it or hear it so clearly, I tell them, you go check with somebody else because I know what they're showing me. For example, I was talking, doing a phone reading for a woman in Colorado. I told her, I know you're in Colorado, so why is your mother talking about Greeley? That's a town in Colorado. I didn't know where it was, but I recognized the name. She said, I don't know. I said, did you ever live there? Your your dad, it was her dad talking about her mother in Greeley. She said, I I have no idea. Well, I got an email the next day, and she said, Suzanne, you won't believe it. My mother was at a dog show all day yesterday in Greeley, Colorado, and I didn't know that. Wow. I do believe that because her father in spirit certainly would know where his wife was. <laughs> they keep tabs on us. And, and this is another beautiful message that I love to share with people, that our loved ones do know what's going on with us now. I recently sat with a man and had brought through his father from the other side, lots of evidence. And then at the end, his father, in my mind's eye, held out a set of keys. And I could see they were car keys. And he handed them to his son sitting in front of me. And I looked at the son and I said, your dad just handed you car keys. You're getting a new car. And he said, I just picked it up today. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so it's, it's lovely. And, and I want people to know that our loved ones attend their own funerals and their memorial services. And they often come through and they tell me that they were embarrassed uh, by the beautiful things people said about them. They tell me how many people were there, what went on. They tell me that they're at the birthday parties and the anniversary celebrations. and, uh, And they're very much still a part of our lives and that they wish we would talk to them more because they absolutely hear us.
2: And is it necessary to speak out loud or is our thoughts sufficient? Not at all. Thoughts,
3: words are all consciousness and that is... Our basic essence is consciousness. So, so we just can need hear to think just about fine. That. You know, here's a great technique. If people really want to communicate and hold that link, sit and write to your loved ones and know that they're reading over your shoulder. And then just allow your mind to drift as you write and ask a question. And then just keep writing and see if you hear something that you might not have thought of. And then ask yourself, now where did that come from?
2: And you, said, and you said in the book, Wolf, Wolf's Messages, that the thoughts that come through often sound like your own, but you know that they're, they're, they're part of the message from the departed. So people, when they're experiencing this, don't be surprised if it sounds like their own thinking.
3: Yes, that's a big challenge, uh, even for mediums many times, is, are these my own thoughts? Am I just making this up? That's why I love when I get off-the-wall evidence that I know it's not in my consciousness, such as the time when I sat with a woman and I was sensing her son on the other side, a grown son, and I heard the word lullapalooza, and I, I, I literally said, lullapalooza. Do you know what that is? She said, no. I said, you've never heard that? She said, no. I said, me either, but that's exactly how it came through. Write that down and go ask somebody if they know what that is. Well, she went home and she talked to her grandchildren, her son's kids, and they said, oh, Grandma, that's a con- That's a concert that they hold every year, a great big concert, the Lollapalooza concert. In fact, we were just talking about that last night. Wow. So what did that tell you? Two things, that during that... the reading, I was not just reading my client's mind and bringing right. up things about her son because she'd never heard it, and number two, that her son was listening in on his kid's conversation. It was his way of saying, I'm right there with them."
2: Isn't that great? That is so beautiful to let them know that in that very down-to-earth way that they are lovingly participating.
3: (laughs) Yeah, same exact thing happened with another woman when her... her, Oh, this is a good one. I just remembered her sister sister, uh, was on the other side and she showed me that she was about 40 years old when she died of cancer. Two good pieces of evidence that the client validated. And I was kind of moving my hands around, talking with my hands, and all of a sudden my left hand frozen position with the thumb sticking up, and my thumb started moving around on its own. Now, you know, it's kind of bizarre to have thumb moving, and I looked at it, and I asked the sister in spirit, what are you doing? What is this? And I didn't get an answer. So I looked at my client, and I said, do you have any idea why my thumb is doing this? And she said, I know exactly what that is. My sister was 40 years old when she died, and she sucked her thumb till the day she died. No kidding.
2: (laughs) Well, you couldn't have predicted that. No,
3: and then that very same sister showed me Bugs Bunny. You know the old Warner Brothers uh, thing where he comes jumping off the screen? I saw that clear as day in my mind's eye, and I said, your sister wants me to talk about Bugs Bunny, and she didn't know why. And she went home and talked to her niece and nephew, her sister's kids, and they said, just like that other guy, oh, yeah, Last night, we were talking about how we used to love to sit around and watch old cartoons with Mom. <laughs> the Bugs Bunny cartoon.
2: Now, I've heard that uh, some of the people who've crossed over are sometimes, well, they're continuing to grow and evolve, but sometimes they're also learning through our lessons. Have you, have you heard that or mm. anything like that? Well, kind of. In, I can
3: do, do that in a kind of a twisted way. Sure. I, I remember... Um, talking to this woman, and I brought through her mother, and I looked at the woman and I said, there, your mother's telling me there's a big lawsuit going on now. She's showing me lawyers. She's showing me you and your brother, and she's showing me two fists coming together as if you're, you're fighting, knocking heads. She said, oh, yes. And then the mother said, clear as day, if I had known what that money would do, I would have burned it before I left. Oh, okay. Maybe not exactly the answer or the kind of example you were looking for, but it shows that 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 mother had a a realization. And um, I will tell you, though, that I feel I have never once felt any condemnation or judgment from anybody on the other side. Nothing but acceptance and awareness that we go through these lessons here for a reason. And that's really important. No judgment.
2: No judgment. And then they're coming forward and offering apologies for their own part in whatever oh, yeah. might have been a problem. Yes. Yeah.
3: There's another aspect of this work that makes it very evidential to me, and that is that those on the other side almost invariably show me how they passed by recreating their own physical symptoms in my body. Right. It's tremendous. Um, to be. Can't be very there. much fun. Oh, well. <laughs> I invite it. It's a little disconcerting at times. I'll be sitting there, and all of a sudden, I'll yell out, ow! (laughs) And and I remember once getting this piercing pain right at the sternum, and my hand goes to my sternum, and I I said, it's piercing, it's piercing. And the woman looked at me with big eyes, and she said, my brother described his pain exactly like that, and it was right there, a piercing pain. That's how it started, his cancer that he had. And the thing is, I know that the second I report that symptom, it goes away. Right. And the fascinating thing about this is that when you understand that everything is consciousness, everything is a vibration, a frequency, I kind of joke around and I tell people, it's like those in the spirit world have this great big catalog of symptoms. And they say, well, I died of a heart attack. How are we going to make Suzanne's heart palpitate? That's frequency 97.3. Let's <laughs> dial it up. <laughs> and all of a sudden I'll be sitting there and my heart will palpitate and I'll say, oh, your father on the other side, he died of a heart attack attack because my heart is palpitating and they'll say yes or I suddenly can't catch my breath I'm gasping for air and I say oh your mother had a huge lung issue it feels like um emphysema and she'll say yes or just the other day I got a very strange pain in my thigh just up above the knee now what what could that possibly be all I do is report objectively I have this pain right here and the client said well that's where my dad had a really bad break in his leg you (laughs) see Wow. It's it's fascinating. That's why it's it's I'm awed, I'm humbled, humbled. So grateful for this this ability, but also just jaw dropping blown away by this intelligent communication.
2: Now, I know um people are especially grief-stricken when there's um a tragic abrupt ending, or a suicide. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you could speak about what um, people on the other side have told you about those endings and what happens on the other side.
3: Well, I seem to have gotten more than my share of those who have taken their own lives. And 100% tell me that they are surrounded by love, met by love. They are not burning in hell. They go to a state... That's kind of like a sanitarium. They're, they're, it's, they describe it like being in a hospital where they're surrounded by others who nurse them to awareness, show them there could have been better choices made, and just help them to transition. Uh, it's it's very loving, but generally, a lot of them do have a bit of a muted feel to them when they come through. Kind of, I can tell if they were depressed. Not all mm-hmm. were depressed. I don't automatically assume that somebody took their lives because they were depressed. Right. Uh, there are some people that did something very rash due to something that just happened in their life, and that's, that is shown to me. Uh, this young man who jumped off the Verrazano Bridge told me my medication was off. I had stopped taking my medication, and that was verified. He even told me the name of the doctor who prescribed the medita- medication. Wow. You want evidence.
2: Uh, How precise.
3: Yeah. I, I don't try to change anybody's mind. Uh, There are levels of skepticism. I'm one of the most skeptical people there is until shown otherwise. And it's good to be skeptical, but if we can match that with open-mindedness, then doors open. And uh, it's the evidence that will change people's minds. So all I do is just put the evidence out there and say, now you test that in your heart. How does that feel? Don't go to your mind that has taught you to say, oh, that can't be. That's closed-minded. Go to your heart. How does it feel?
2: Right. Yeah. Now, I think you mentioned in, in the book, although I, I could be wrong, correct me if I am, that when there is an abrupt uh, death, like an accident or um, whatever it might be, that the soul is, is not in the body at that moment. Is yeah. Am I remembering correctly?
3: Uh, I don't remember if that's in Wolf's Message or Messages of Hope, but but this I see all the time. I've had people that that show me they were in an accident where they went through the windshield. Tell my mom I didn't feel a thing. I was already out of my body before that happened. I, it was like I was launched out of my body before the, the body went through the window or in a fire. I didn't feel anything. I was already gone. That's very comforting Very comfortable. That we can't prove, right? But when during the rest of the reading I get all kinds of evidence about their lives, then I can it's, trust that what I heard is valid.
2: Exactly. Now, we just have a few minutes to close, and I wanted to give you a chance to share with uh, the people listening your, your summer tour and anything else you want to tell us in a couple minutes. Oh, thank you.
3: Well, every every year, my husband and I take about five or six months. We have a big coach. We load up our little dachshunds, and we get on the road, and we go around the, the U.S. and Canada sharing the messages, the messages of hope and love that that this life is not all there is. And so uh, people can go to com to the calendar of events. We're actually going to make another great big swing all over the country, including Texas and over to California and Colorado and up to Chicago and over to Boston and back down to the south and Florida where I spend the other half of the year. But with some really great conferences also sprinkled in there, uh, people can spend a whole weekend with me discovering this greater reality together at uh, Unity Village, the, the headquarters of the Unity Church. Um, it's called the Awaken Whole Life Center in mid-July, a three-day weekend. And then oh, wow. I'm very pleased the International Association of Near-Death Studies, IANS, uh, is having me as one of their featured speakers with Dr. Eben Alexander, Anita Morjani, and Bruce Grayson, Dr. Bruce Grayson. I think it's the first time they've featured a medium and i'm i'm so pleased by that because my goal is to bring credibility to this ability and and to let people know this is not woo woo this is mediumship has come out of the closet because people are catching on that it's not weird stuff it's consciousness and Consciousness is eternal. So, the IANS Conference uh, Academy of Spirituality and Consciousness Studies is featuring one of my talks. All of that's on my calendar of events. So, if people have a look. I may very well be coming to part, their part of the country.
2: Well, thank you so much, Suzanne. I, it's been it's an honor to talk to you. Uh, certainly for your service that you've done to your country, but for this even maybe even greater service that you're doing to humanity and i I thank you for taking the time as a guest to be on my show it was fascinating and if you ever want to come back you're more than welcome thank you
3: ann and i appreciate you and the others who are are brave souls to to let us share these messages it's really important
2: thank you and this is ann gelsheimer you've been listening to conscious evolution radio thank you so much for listening in
1: Thank you again for tuning in to Conscious Evolution Radio. Please join Anne Gelsheimer for another great show next Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We hope to see you next week.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio.